0: Welcome to Flipstoration, a podcast dedicated to the stories of those who strip, sand, finish, and repeat. Whether you're into furniture flipping as a hobby, a side income, or for restoring the purity of a vintage piece, welcome to the Flipsteration Nation. Today, we're welcoming Yari from the famous Lily Moon Paints. Yari and her husband, Johnny, own Lily Moon Paints, and it's a family-owned business that carries a variety of home decor paints. They've got mineral paint, milk paint, and all-in-one paint line with over 50 beautiful shades to choose from. Yari, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, guys. Thank you for the invite. I'm really excited to be here with you guys today.
0: Absolutely. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, All of the influencers that we work with, they all love Lily Moon Paint. Like this is like the number one brand that they love to work with. And so it's amazing.
1: I love working with our creators and just... The positivity that we've received from Lily Moon Paint—it's um, always really appreciated, and just really makes us happy.
0: I love that. Well, Yari, can you tell me a little bit of the story of Lily Moon and how it came to be, and kind of what your background is in this space?
1: Right. So, like he said, my name is Yari. I am the CEO and I'm the founder of Lily Moon Paint. Um, I started refinishing furniture back in two. 2017 or so, um, and the reason that that came about was um, I was experiencing a loss of the of our daughter Lily, and it was just a form of therapy. It was something that I just needed to get my hand on something. I've always been kind of crafty, <laughs> so I just needed to do something to just get my mind off of all the negativity that was in my head on all of the you know just the coping and all of that. And um, I started. You know, painting furniture. It was just a couple of nightstands that I found on the side of the road. And I started painting and I quickly saw how much of a therapy it was for me. And it just allowed me to just escape my my mind for a bit every time that I would paint. And then from there on, I just kind of, you know, my husband convinced me to make it into a business. And I kind of gave him a little bit of pushback in the, in the beginning because I'm like, no, this is, it's fun. I don't want to make it into a thing and <laughs> make it all stressful for me and things like that. But I just... I took a leap of faith and I went for it and sooner or later, you yeah, know, I had furniture being dropped off here, you know, in my house and you know, from friends and family. And it just kind of took on from there. And then we moved to from Florida to Tennessee. And here I brought back, you know, my I basically built my business again, my furniture finishing business here with our local, you know, local clientele, my Etsy shop and all of that. And I've always been into bold colors and mixing my own colors. So different company, um, brands that I would use, I would just kind of create my own colors within those, the colors that I had out there. And, um, it was always a dream of mine to have, our own paint brand um i tried it once in florida it was an epic fail (laughs) just kind of creating a formula it was horrible and i just kind of put it on the back burner and yeah i mean a couple years ago i was like you know what let's just give it a shot and we started playing around with some formulas um, I came up with one that I thought I I really liked and then my husband got his hands on it and just perfected it. <laughs> and then that's how, you know, that's like that's the one, you know, that we went ahead and just launched Lily Moon Paint with that formula. And um, yeah, there's just no turning back now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's exactly right. Can you tell me i I what stood out to me in that one of the things was that you know you tried before and it didn't work, yeah. and then you know you try again and it does work. What was the difference for you as you you know have started two different companies? What did you learn from that first experience?
1: Um it was the fact that I wasn't using quality products. Um, I used something that I found on Home uh. Devo. <laughs> Back then, um, I think I had grabbed plaster of Paris and some, you know, cheap um, latex paint or something um, from one of those big box stores and I mixed it up and there was clumps. There was just, it was just horrible. (laughs) It had no coverage. Wow. It was it was just a hot mess. Um, I think I, the dining table that I was attempting to refinish at the time probably stayed in my garage for like four years unfinished because I was just like, I don't even want to touch it. I don't even want to look at it. It's just going to be like a work surface at this point. Uh, but yeah, but then now taking it a little bit more serious and knowing that I actually wanted to build a business out of it. It made me do a lot of research and, you know, just getting really good quality ingredients for our products. And, um, it was, it was a little bit of a much smoother process this time around than last time. So, (laughs)
0: That is so awesome. And I love that. Well, when we, I go on your website and when we talk to our influencers about you, that word comes up a lot, that word quality. Is that okay. something that you've put into your branding kind of everywhere? Is that something that you're really intentional about saying? Or has that just been kind of grassroots? People just love using that word when they use your product.
1: No, I mean, it's definitely something that was very important to me. Like I said, I had been refinishing furniture for about five-ish years. And um, I've played with so many different Products out there that I knew what I did want in our paint formula and what I didn't want in it. Um, And then also there's a lot of preference, obviously, for me personally, like what I liked in a paint. Um, So there was, yeah, it it was more that. um, I definitely wanted something high quality. Um, Obviously, you know, people that have followed me for years know that I'm very honest with my opinion about a product. So when creating Lily Moon Paint, I know that, you know, quality was really important to me because I didn't want to to launch something that was just going to have any kind of negative impact.
2: Yeah, one of the things that um I really uh, one of the products I've seen you that, that get used a lot is this I think it's called the smoky gel. Yeah, is the that the smoky, smoky gel, gel things? Yeah, those are I find those really interesting just because um I watch, you know, so many people use those and apply them mm-hmm. and it just seems like a really unique product, you know, there's 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 lots of paint companies, but then there's like once in a while you see something that seems a little more innovative right. and that that one really, really spoke to me. I was like, that's that's a neat way that you're mixing colors right on the surface and sort of moving the color yeah. around, creating kind of that movement that. Sometimes you can't get with just regular, you know, regular paint. Right, yeah. Uh, so it's, that's a really neat product. Our
1: stains, um, they're water-based gel stains and they're very versatile. And I think that's why people love them because you can do a one application, a one color application, but then you can also mix two, three, four, five colors if you wanted to and then have a really beautiful like blended look with them. Um, you can use them lightly and just kind of brush on very lightly with like a chip brush or something on your on your piece or you can go full heavy mode um, you can thin them you can you know layer them in different you know you can add layers to them so i can create even a darker appeal to that um, but if you wanted a really light wash you can also water it out you know and the neat thing about our gel stains is that they have a built-in um top coat so it it eliminates an extra step for for those that are mm-hmm. refinishing and want to just get a get, get the job done quickly um, and but still yeah. have that added protection on their piece for sure
2: yeah, it seems like um, a lot of our customers and yours. Uh, th- there's this big movement in like the kind of coastal, yep. raw wood look, and sometimes you know you will strip a piece, and the color of the wood, whether it's the species of the wood or the stain that was used prior, mm-hmm. kind of limits to what you can do to get that really light, sort of coastal look that that you you know. So people will bleach furniture; they'll use those kind of approaches. But mm-hmm. then it, I've just watched so many people use your the smoky gel stains and sort of mask the wood enough to hide that color, right. but, but not totally hide the wood. You know, it gives you that control to sort of build some color. And like you said, you can kind of go darker and richer. You could stay lighter. You can, you have flexibility. And I think that's just awesome. I mean, I, I love to watch people use it because they can really manipulate the colors together and, create kind of a faux wood look, but, but yet still showing the real wood also, which is, which is really cool.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that when, um, when I launched Lily Moon Paint, it was always something that I wanted to launch. I just didn't know how I wanted to go about it because I knew what I wanted. I also knew what was out there on the market and, um, I knew what was kind of lacking and um, when I was refinishing furniture, I always wanted that like raw wood look. And people that have followed me for years know that I always kind of manipulated some paint colors to achieve like faux wood. <laughs> and I always had like these faux wood tops or I wanted like the bare look on a like a really ornate leg, but I didn't have like a fancy sander. So I would just paint it to make it look like it was raw wood, but it really wasn't. Um, so definitely creating Like lighter color stains was very high on our list of of the colors that we wanted to create because of that. We saw that, especially the lighter woods, were like just really popular and very trendy right now. Um, And then when you're working with like all these these older pieces you have so much like yellow and orange tone wood that's really not very trendy right now (laughs) people want a little bit of cooler tones or just a very natural appeal to the to the wood um so our gel stains some of the colors kind of help you manipulate the color of the wood um, so that you can still see the wood grain and be able to really appreciate that beautiful wood tone and and wood uh, grain um but still in in the color that it's a little bit more appealing for our time right now
2: yeah i remember there used to be just like really generic pickling stains which back in the day i mean it was just so dated you see kitchens you know (laughs) from the the 90s you know and they're they're whitewashed and i always just had this really negative feel to it because it just didn't look right it looked kind of it just looked dated and again i i I have seen so many people uh using the smoky gel stains and they're just getting this this look that doesn't look that way you know the problem with the pickling stains is it's very one-dimensional so you get this sort of whitewashed almost artificial look that's not that's not appealing it's not what people are looking for they want that natural raw wood Mm -hmm. look and that's hard to get i mean for years prior to some of the products that have come out like yours recently more recently you know you had to really kind of come up with a way to create that and it was Very tricky, especially when you're doing an entire piece because you need to get that consistent kind of look over the whole item, you know, the whole piece. And uh, it was very hard doing that just from off the shelf products that didn't really weren't really intended for it. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great product. Yeah.
1: And um, water base is also was really important to us because of that, um, because it's just it's easier to manipulate the product on a piece of wood. When it's water based, you don't have to do wait for all the dry time. Um, it's it dries fast, and if you don't like it, you can sand it back down and try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to wait forty eight hours to to try to have to sand down the entire thing again. And then oil based products soak into the wood versus ours kind of lays a little bit more on top, so they're just so much easier to work with. And I think that's what mm-hmm. people really love about them, especially because they are water-based and they can be used indoors and in so many different environments versus having to like need ventilation and like all the things. So.
3: Yari, I saw on, um, on your site that with the mineral paints, you have a self-leveling feature with those. Is that, um, can you explain a little bit more about that? I assume that's kind of to hide imperfections and that kind of thing, but how exactly does that work?
1: So our self-leveling was, and that's, that's another thing that was really important to us when creating our original paint formula, which was, it is our mineral paint that we started with. Um, because there's a lot of newbies, um, in this industry right now, especially like after the pandemic and all of that, um, there was just like an influx of new refinishers. And I thought I wanted to have something that was going to be, easier for the beginner to use. Um, nobody wants to do a piece of furniture and see a gazillion brush marks on their piece. They want more of that smooth finish. And so we wanted to make sure to have that self-leveling property in our formula for that. It just creates more of a sleeker finish. It's also easier to brush on. Um, so honestly, you know you, you can't really go wrong. Once it dries this has a really beautiful velvety finish at the end. So
0: Dumb. I like that. It's almost like mistake proof, yeah, right?
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that's great that's what I need in my life. Just in everything really is just that mistake proof, right? (laughs) (laughs) An ointment, like a self-leveling ointment. Give me um, something, (laughs) give me something. So Yari, when we do this podcast, we get to talk to so many amazing refinishers, flippers, and I'm always inspired by their inspiration. Like they're able to sit down and just visualize something. And I'm always, I love that moment of like creation, you know, that moment where you sit down and just go, this is going to be what this looks like. Can you take me into, you know, your paint studio and tell me, you know, when you, think of a color to use you think of a new type of paint to use or a new type of stain or whatever to use where do you get your inspiration from is it through seeing what's trendy is it just come from your own head like where does that come
1: from <laughs> well so originally when we first launched I knew exactly what I wanted because it was something that I didn't see out there um, I wanted a lot of earth tones kind of like desert vibes and you know more color but that was had a little bit more of like gray under undertones um not so warm like everything that I had seen out there so there's like a lot of our greens that have a little bit more of a gray undertone or a lot of our our creamy colors that have more gray undertones versus like yellow tones etc um but I mean definitely everything around me um I have which I haven't announced anything yet but I do have um a new like limited edition collection coming up soon and that was actually. Inspired by a vacation that my husband and I took recently. Um, so I'm excited oh, wow. about that one. Um, and it was just everything that was around us in that vacation really just inspired me. And I'm like, you know what? I think we need to do a limited edition with just like all these colors <laughs> that we're seeing. So a I lot of that. nature inspires um, our, our colors and the names of our colors. Um, They're very inspired by nature, everything around us. Have you seen, I mean, Gel Saints was inspired by the Old Smokey uh, Moonshine Distillery here in Tennessee. Um, so a lot of our names from the Jalsanes, i like. Tennessee whiskey. One of them is called um, black bourbon or moonshine, or um, and then we have our Cades Cove, which is a really popular um, park here in, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, so a lot of little things there. We even have a Smoky Mountain color. Um, so definitely, nature inspires a lot of a lot of what we do.
0: Man. I love that. That is so cool. And so Yari, as you have talked about, you know, you did you started with refinishing and your story is a lot like so many of our, you know, the influencers that we've talked to. They see something on the side of the road, they decide to start it. For it. Do you get the chance to still refinish furniture? I mean, I can't imagine running a business that you'd have a lot of time. Well, uh, but...
1: um, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of time to refinish right yeah. now. Um, I try to sneak away here and there, and I'll do like a little nightstand or a little side sure. table or something. Um, but in the beginning, when we first launched, of course, um, we weren't super big at the moment or like, you know, very popular, and you know, orders weren't just like flying in from everywhere. So I did have have a little bit more time to dedicate to painting and then also talking about the product and just being a little bit more educational on on my platform um but unfortunately i don't have a lot of time like i wish i did because i still love refinishing furniture um and whether it would be with my product or somebody else's honestly i just i love the transformations of of flipping furniture. And so right now I have probably 6 or 7 finished painted pieces downstairs. I have no idea what I'm going to do with. <laughs> and then I have probably another 30 that are unfinished in my workspace. So I have no idea what wow. I'm going to get to them, but it's going to happen eventually.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Hey, you at, at this point you've given the gift of furniture refinishing to so many people. Right. It's like, you know, it's actually really like you're finishing more, right? <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Well, so passion. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And where do you think you found that passion? Yari, where did you find the passion to do this? Like, where did that come from? Was it just the creativity? Was it getting away in the garage? Like, where did this come from for you?
1: Um, It was the creativity because I've always been pretty creative. I've always had my hands in different things. I went to school for interior design. So I have a little bit of that, like, design eye, you know, for whenever I, I finished my pieces. I, I loved the staging part of it. A lot of people hate that part <laughs> because it's so, it's there's a lot of pressure when it comes to you wanting your photo to look a certain way and et cetera. And, but that's something that I actually, loved I loved um, staging my pieces and just kind of playing around with textures and color and vases and all the things um, so definitely just that creative part of it um, sometimes I would get creative like where I would match the color of the piece to like a drawer liner inside or a knob a furniture you know furniture knob it would inspire me for the entire look of the piece or you know so yeah I had just the creative part of it
0: That's so fun. I saw Brian's eyes perk up because Brian is a photographer and he loves staging. This is a staging podcast. This would be the thing. (laughs) I definitely
3: kind of want to chime in. I have my dog over here. He was kind of whining. So (laughs) let that one go. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, yeah. You you
2: see, uh, you see it on um, on on all the platforms. Like the difference between, and we've talked about this, uh, but the difference between sometimes the successful content creator or the the refinisher. Is really the staging yeah. because, you know, you could do the exact same process on on a piece of furniture than someone else, but just the way you present it, the way you you catch it in the light, yeah. the way that you, you know, all that really matters. And that, I mean, to really, that's part of the whole package. If, if someone wants to have a successful sort of flipping business, refinishing business, that's a big part of it is that is that photography piece, that staging piece, you know, it's not yeah. just an eye for the color on the piece. It's It's what do you do after the piece is done. It's a big it's, part it's of it. It's
1: very important. And I actually had someone recently um ask me, you know, how so they just moved over here, I think from California, if I remember correctly. And so they're not too far from our you know headquarters. And um they were kind of just asking tips and things like that about how to get started and how to get better. And honestly, it's the photography makes a huge difference because. The way I see it, if you're going to spend so much time on a piece of furniture and you're going to refinish it, it's going to look gorgeous, but then you stage it in your yard on top of grass – it's gonna give yard sale vibes, right? So if you if you have yard <laughs> sure. sale vibes, you're gonna get yard sale prices. I mean, that's just the way I see it, <laughs> right? When you yeah. stage it, and you take the time to stage it on a wall and you decorate it. You put a mirror. You put art piece. Or it makes it look like it's inside of a home. It's going to give magazine vibes, and that's it's gonna create that type of customer. You know, you're gonna attract that kind of customer. Yeah. You're gonna attract. Higher dollars (laughs) per se. And honestly, I think that's why when I moved here to Tennessee from Orlando, my business was way, it's been way better here in Tennessee when it came to refinishing furniture. But I feel like the, the things that I did to change what I was doing really made an impact. Um, I invested in, you know, good lighting. I invested in a better phone that had a better camera. Um, I had really good staging items that I invested in. I would go to Hobby Lobby and go on the sales, you know, and just like stock up when they had really good sales. Um, and I would get a lot of inspiration from magazines or from Pinterest and things like that. And I would just have a folder that, you know, inspired me so that I could get better and just see okay why am I so attracted to this picture it's because this it has all these different elements so it's something that I wanted to incorporate into my pieces and the way that I portrayed my art um, which helped me a lot also with like my Etsy shop because it just attracts the buyer you know if if you dedicate just that extra time and a little bit more money and just investing in yourself and your business um, I think it, it comes back to you.
3: So, yeah, there's a few things that you just said that I love so much. (laughs) Um, The fact that you, you know, you said you you put a difference that if you put the piece of furniture in your lawn and take a picture, you're going to get lawn kind of prices, right? It's just a a really different thing. One thing that I've learned about photography is that you should be able to stand in one spot and take a hundred very different looking photos from that one spot, not even move your feet. And I find it's kind of the same idea when it comes to staging furniture, right? You can make that piece of furniture look a hundred different mm-hmm. ways. You know, you put it in your house and you can stage it with all different kinds of things, different lighting, all that stuff, make it look a darker moody look, a light, bright airy look and it depends on the piece. Right. So I think what, you know, it seems like what you're saying is it's worth taking the time to really think about that. And who's the client that's going to want this right. piece, right? So for all the, the flippers and restorers out there, it's really important to actually invest a little bit of thought and a little bit of time into that because that's gonna bring a higher dollar. Yeah to that piece that you work so hard absolutely. on. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I see um, I, a lot of like these quick flips and things like that on on social media, on TikToks and things like that. And, um, you know, then you you get the complaint of like, well, when I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm getting a lot of lowballers or this and that. And it's like, it's because you're not taking the time to, you know, really portray the piece of art that you just created and attract that buyer. You know, you have to take a little bit of more time and at least for me it was always it wasn't about being an influencer and you know having all these followers it was about creating a business here locally with my customers because at the end of the day if social media were to like just poof be gone which I doubt that's gonna happen but (laughs) if it did happen then what are you gonna do you know what I mean like you have to create that clientele here locally like where you live um and also you know Things like your um, your online, your own website and things like that. And you want to make sure that within those, you know, the website and your local customers, like they're going to see something that's going to be uh, attractive to them. So,
2: yeah. Well, it seems like, too, um, something I learned in refinishing was that, uh, you know, what Brian touched on, I'll go back to that for a second, is that it seems like one of the highest return parts of the process when it comes to the the money, the payback. Is probably the staging and the photography because, like you said, Ari, 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 the, the, um, if you shoot it in a way that looks cheap, right. it's, you're going to get a cheap right. price. So, like, it's funny because you'll you'll pour yourself into this project, hours and whatever it takes, and but then in the end, you're trying to rush to take that final picture, and and, and you, it's almost like that's one of the highest value moments is that final, you know, photo okay. um, that really captures the audience. But then I also want to say that I noticed that the the product quality that people choose. You know, that's so important. I remember, you know, when, when I was refinishing furniture too, it's like, you can buy the cheap product and number one, it might take you actually more labor time. So it's not as cost-effective as you think it is. People always think, oh, if I buy the cheap paint, I'm saving money, but then, you know, it takes an extra coat or two or whatever it is. So you're using more product, more time, more waiting for drying, all that. But also just the, the end result, like you said, that self-leveling paint that you have, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to get that, you know, again, some people spray on finishes and that's a way to get a really, generally speaking, a a nice smooth finish. Um, But not everyone can do that. So a lot of people are limited to having to have to brush it on and do that. Um, So the quality of the products people use across the board and also the quality of the care they put into that final photo. Those are steps that a lot of, I find that people tend to skip on, which is actually probably the most important things is the quality of the products and the quality of the presentation at the end.
1: Yeah, it, it really is, and I mean, the way that I say it also is like if you're going to go the cheaper route and go to just Home Depot and just grab everything, anything off the shelf. And uh, don't get me wrong, Home Depot has great products, but there's there's just certain things that are formulated for certain things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, to work better for what you're going to do. And I feel like if you're going to if you're going to purchase something and it's going to take you twice as long to get the finish that you. Um, are wanting, it's, it cuts into your profit because you're just spending that mm-hmm. much extra time on it. And I feel like not a lot of people really get that.
2: Yeah. The labor time, is, I, we, we emphasize that a lot. It's, it's the, the product cost is actually not the most important mm-hmm. thing to focus on. In in my opinion, anyway, it's really the, the labor right. time. I mean, if you have to spend an extra hour or two, well, I, you know, and sometimes I think that the kind of the new, like you said, there's been a huge influx of furniture finishing and, and flippers that have come into the market, COVID and all of that really, I think, inspired people to just do something, whether it was just a way to get their mind off of being stuck at home or whether it was, you know, they needed a, a side hustle because they were between jobs or whatever it might've been that motivated it. But, um, but ultimately, you know, I don't know if they, if they really think about their hourly, what their value is, right. you know, what are they valuing their time? Because if you're valuing it at, you know, a minimum wage level, then yeah, maybe, you know, the product is the most important or most expensive part. But for a lot of time, you have to really think about like your time is the most, you know, valuable and costly part. And if you can shave off an hour off each project or whatever it is, that's, that's a, that's profit in your, you know, in your pocket, that's time to spend doing, you know, other meaningful things. Uh, so there's a lot of value in that in the in the labor time.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, and I and I always think about like the big box stores and and just in this subject specifically because. I feel like people sometimes just get stuck on that, that price, you know, and especially mm-hmm. like, for example, we have our opulent all-in-one and it's a 16 ounce jar. 16 ounces is really not a lot. Um, and we charge what, $27.99 for it. And people kind of get stuck on that twenty seven ninety nine for 16 ounces. <laughs> but the difference is that within 16 ounces, I can guarantee you that you can probably do an entire dresser two coats, one and done type of thing, whereas you would probably just spend that much on an entire gallon, but then you have to do three, four or five coats sometimes, you know, so coverage really comes into play when it comes to that. And it goes back to the time, you know, the time that you're going to save. Yeah, it's $27.99 for a 16 ounce jar, but it's going to save you so much time. And that goes into, you know, that can, that can center your profit. So absolutely. I, I agree with that.
0: Absolutely. So Yari as people, you kind of touched on it a little bit there and we've touched on it throughout the podcast, but one of the most important questions that I wanted to ask you was what sets Lily Moon apart as a paint company, as a paint product, you know, from all the other little online shops, you know, the Home Depots, like you say, uh, and you talk about what are some of the things that you, you know, tell people, this is what really makes us unique.
1: Well, I think the color range makes us unique as well as just the product in general, um, just using high, higher quality ingredients. Um, I think that really makes a really big difference. Um, the Absolutely. self-leveling properties that we have built in. Um, it's more of a specialty paint. It's not, you know, it's not mm-hmm. your basic, you know, in, in industrial type paint out that you can find in the big box stores. Um, so I, I, I feel like the color range um, is very attractive to a lot of our customers. Um, and just a. A lot of the products that we have as a whole, um, we have a really great primer that's Honestly, I've worked with a lot of water-based primers that were stain blockers that didn't really work well. So when we launched our Mm -hmm. stain blocker, I wanted to make sure that it was really going to do what it says it's going to (laughs) do because of my past experience. Um, And I think that that also, the fact that you know they know that I take the time to make sure that these products are going to work, be quality, and they're going to work the way that they say they're going to work. I think that that... um, that really draws people in and, you know, they know they're going to get a a quality product when they come to Lily Moon paint.
0: Well, speaking of those quality products, I know that in your kind of mission statement, you've got the three that you really talk about. You've got mineral paint, milk paint, and then all in one paint lines. Uh, Let's say that I'm just now starting a product. I've, you know, never bought Lily Moon before I've I've got maybe a side table and I've sanded it down. I'm ready to paint it. Um, Which ones would you recommend to me just initially starting out with Lily Moon paint?
1: I would probably recommend the opulent all-in-one because it has less steps. (laughs) So when you're doing something like with like mineral paint, if you don't really know what you're doing, you're a newbie um, you know, you can go wrong with just, you don't know what kind of wood you're working with. You don't know the, whatever the customer used prior to you, whoever owned it prior to you, you don't know what they even put on the, the piece of furniture. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And I feel like with the opulent, because it has that built-in primer and it has a built-in top coat is just, it's going to create a smooth, um, just experience for you. Um, because you're, you're already eliminating some of those steps and it's just, it's like you don't want to start off on your first piece and then experience all these problems and then it just discourage you from refinishing furniture ever again. So definitely the, the opulent all-in-one is what I would recommend for that.
0: Right on. There we go. Okay, so opulent all-in-one. We got to go get it. So... <laughs> so Yari as you were building this company we always like to ask it's just a fun question it's fun to share the fails as well as the successes what are some of the biggest what was the biggest fail or mess up that you had when you were building this business initially
1: I don't I can't say that we had like a big fail or I think we just had like little challenges, a lot of little challenges. Sure. sure. Um I know in the beginning uh just building a website that's very intimidating for a new person mm. <laughs> that knows nothing about computers. Um so that was very challenging just building the website knowing how it's going to work before you even launch and um in knowing what to do to troubleshoot if something does go wrong. That's it was just very intimidating at first. Um and then just kind of managing social media. Social media is just such a huge monster in the whole. <laughs> And I know like, for example, like for us, it's like probably 90% of our, of our customer base comes from majorly Instagram. Um, But we just know how important social media is for a small business, you know, just any business really. Um, So just managing that and then also operating the day to day, you know, in our, in our headquarters and making the paint and fulfilling orders and, you know, but still taking the time to focus on social media, all of that has been a huge challenge for us, Um, especially because like my husband knows nothing really about social media. So it's nothing that he can like jump in and help me on. Uh, When I ask him questions, he's like, I don't know. What do you think? I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's been, it's definitely been a challenge and it's, it's fallen a lot on me, which is, you know, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to that. Um, And I also felt like, I was like getting pulled in, you know. I I always have like a little bit of a guilt because I'm not very active on social media like I used to be. I was on social media every single day on my stories, doing a reel, doing a live. I was always doing something, and people knew exactly what I was doing, whether it was business related or personal related. You know, I was very open with with my followers. And um, so that's been a little challenging. We've recently hired a marketing director um, and social media director, and she's been great. She's been able to help us with all of this stuff now. Um, but definitely that was, those are like the two biggest challenges, I would say.
2: Hmm. What is, um, as kind of the person who probably, you probably have worn so many hats and probably still do, What uh, what is the hat that if you were given the choice to like leave it on and that's the one thing you do, what's the thing that gives you the most joy, like about being a business owner and, and the whole process? What's the thing that you wake up and go, man, if I could just do that part <laughs> of it all day, That's the part. Um,
1: I would say refinishing furniture, (laughs) just painting. (laughs) Painting brings me the most joy. And then, of course, like the creating of the colors and um, just playing around with different formulas and with different. Custom colors and things like that—just that that creative aspect of the business—that's that's where I shine. I, I feel like, um, but if I had to do one thing every single day, it would probably still be refinishing furniture and just being on social media, either whether it be live or on stories every day, talking about a product, painting on, and people really love the way that I explain things. That was always a really huge compliment for me. Like they just liked the way that I taught. So, and this is even way before I launched Lily Moon Paint. Um, and I, I love that, you know what I mean? I love to teach what I, what I did and, and how I did it. And, um, I remember when I first started refinishing furniture and I would go on my stories, my husband always would always tell me like, you shouldn't share all this information. (laughs) You know, you're giving away all your secrets to your competition. I'm like, I don't, I don't see it as competition because the way that I do things is not the same way that somebody else is going to do it. No matter if I explain to you step by step, everybody's going to have their own way, their own little twist of doing things, you know? Um, So I never found it as competition. And I think that that attracted a lot of my followers. And um, so I miss that. I miss going on our, on our social media and just sharing Doing videos, talking about products, you know, tips and tricks and all of the things. So,
2: yeah, it's funny you mentioned the whole secrecy thing, and that's one one thing. Growing up, you know, again, I my story is my dad started our business. I grew up around it, and I saw that like that generation specifically, and even even still, mm-hmm. for some people, it is this sort of like um, what I know. I'm not sharing. Right. Like, I it's my that's 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 how I make my money. I'm not telling anyone, mm-hmm. and I just was always confused by that. Like, I just feel like what exactly how you said it, that I could tell you everything that I do. And it doesn't mean that you're going to do it the way that I do it. It, it, You know, the steps and you kind of have the basic framework, but it doesn't mean that you're going to achieve the same final product. You may not even want to achieve, you know, achieve the same Mm -hmm. final product. You may have a different vision. So, you know, sharing, I think in this day and age, that sharing of knowledge is so appreciated and so valued by, by people. And I do think that that has a lot to do with the following that you've built, Uh, Even with us, we try to do the exact same thing is just share as much as we can because it. it, if we can help other people thrive, I mean, it's just, we always say all ships will rise, you know, kind of thing. Um, The idea that if we're all sort of kind of helping each other in what ways we can, obviously the customer helps us stay in business. You know, if they're buying our products, we get to keep doing what we're doing. If we can give them knowledge that they don't have, that helps them to do what they do better. And it's just sort of just communal, you know, approach to it versus the, we have secrets and we're not telling, you know, Yeah, it's like, but there there is. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, even when it came down to, we were talking about earlier about photography and editing and and all the things. Um, I had a lot of my, you know, furniture friends on social media that would struggle with that. And I would just say, Hey, just send me your photo. I'll help you edit it. I'll help you align it. I'll help you straighten it out and brighten the picture and make it look good. You know? And I had a lot of my friends, I would do that. And I, yeah, it took time away from what I was doing, but I loved it. I love to help, you know, I'd love to have, somebody just happy with, um, with their work. And I never wanted to see them discouraged just because their photos dark or, you know, just kind of, um, pixelated or whatever it was, you know, mm-hmm. so anything that I could do to help somebody else, you know, I, I did. I love that. I love that.
0: So Yari, where does Lily Moon go next for you? I know you talked about kind of a limited line. You can't release that stuff, (laughs) but in the next couple of years, what are some of the goals? What are some of the dreams that you guys have?
1: Oh gosh. So the biggest goal this year, 2023, is to launch in Canada, to somehow be able to ship in Canada. Um, I mean, we get daily requests and sometimes it's a little overwhelming (laughs) because we have people from like Australia, Italy. I think the other day we had someone from Kenya that wanted to carry our paint over there and i'm like how am i gonna get this paint over there i have no idea (laughs) as a a small business it's like there's so much like that's there's so much that goes into it so many logistics you know and um so but definitely our goal this year is to at least be able to get our paint across to canada um and i i think that aside from that we really want to expand um and grow our retailer team so that we have different retailers across the nation. Um, I think right now we're like around 12, you know, in different States. Um, but we definitely want to make sure, you know, just have local customers have access to lily moon paint products. Um, so growing our retailers, uh, will help with that for sure. So.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah, we're we're working on the Canada thing as well. Yeah. And it is a it is a beast of a process, yes. isn't it? Like trying to get from the US to Canada, it's crazy. And, it, and
1: it's very intimidating. It's like where do we even start? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we should combine forces, you yeah. It really should. We should share some knowledge
1: <laughs> on this really after the should. call. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is it is a lot, man. It is a lot. Well, Yara, you get the chance to work with so many amazing flippers and restorers on your end. What are some things that if you had to share a nugget of wisdom for a brand new flipper, someone that's coming up in the industry, or maybe even a nugget of wisdom for someone who is really trying to make this thing a career, what would you what advice would you give them?
1: Um, there's a few things that I would say. Definitely, something that I think was like the main topic of today's conversation was just using really good, high quality products. I think if you're gonna do it, let's just start off right. You know, using really good, high quality products. um, You can't go wrong with that. Um, Another thing I would probably say, and and this leans more into like the social media influencer aspect of it, um, is just really try to like not. Compare yourselves to everything and everyone out there because there's just so much going on on social media. It's easy to just kind of fall down the rabbit hole and start comparing yourself and your work and all of that to others, and it's just it's never good. I mean, I did it. You know what I mean? We, we're all I think we're all guilty of of that. Um, but honestly, just finding yourself within the work that you do and not being intimidated by other artists and comparing yourself to other artists is, is a big one. Um, and then just find your style and and stick to it, you know, and, and do what, what works best for you, you know, something that makes you happy, you know, don't put so much stress on yourself and, and to a point where it's just going to discourage you away from either being on Instagram or just not refinishing furniture anymore at all, you know? So, um, yeah, I think, I think that would be my little nuggets of advice. <laughs>
3: Those are good nuggets. That's great. You you say the same thing that we've heard a lot from a lot of oh, people really? is to be yourself that, that piece of be yourself. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you could just say it over and over because everybody's different. And I think that's just the best advice you could give is just be yourself. That's
1: great. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know I mentioned this before, but I, I mean, I would share even like my personal life. I'm not not saying that you have to do that on social media, but I feel like it, it, it gives people an opportunity to see a little bit more past your furniture and what you do. It, It allows people to get to know you a little bit better and, um, how you are, your personality, and your family, and things like that, and it's all, honestly something that I feel like has even helped with Lily Moon Paint because I was I've shared so much, people knew us and and just knew our personalities. They know my husband Johnny, and you know they know just how we work. And so when we launched to Lily Moon Paint, we already had that following, and people already loved us. So in return, they've supported us, and honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for their support. Honestly, I don't think Lily Moon would be where it's at right now if it wasn't for that. So I'm very, very grateful for that.
0: Man, I love that. I love that. Okay, well, to wrap it up, let us know how to buy Lily Moon Paint if we're if we're looking for it right now. If you're listening to the podcast, you haven't had the chance to go over there. Uh, how do we How do we purchase right now?
1: So you can go to lilymoonpaint.com um, and you can order online. But we also have a um, shop in store button where you can find retailers maybe nearby you. Hopefully, <laughs> um, and you can kind of search by the state on there and see if there is a retailer near you so that you can go in there and touch and feel and do all 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 the things. Uh, But for the most part, you can just go online and and order online at lilymoonpaint.com.
0: That's perfect. And that's going to be at the link in the description uh, down below this podcast. Um, Yari, thank you so much for being with us today. I know you're super busy. And so you taking time to be on this podcast just means the world to us. It's an honor to officially meet you face-to-face on this one for us. Uh, And we're so thankful to have had you. So thank you so much. Well,
1: thank you so much for the invite. Honestly, Stripwell seems to be doing awesome things. I hear nothing but Stripwell everywhere you go. There's so many people that want to try the product or have tried the product and love it. So definitely... When you guys invited me to be on the podcast it was a, a an automatic yes so i'm glad to support you guys and i um, just thankful for the invite
0: absolutely well yara you have an awesome day and let's keep on painting the world here
1: <laughs> all right thank you <laughs> bye
0: Well, friends, I wanted to say thank you so very much for joining us today on the Flips Duration Nation podcast. If you'd like to support us, you can do so by leaving us a rating if you're over on Apple Podcasts and by subscribing on any podcast platform that you're on so that you know exactly when the next episode drops. If you love this episode, you can share it with a friend that really helps us get the word about Flips Duration Nation out. This podcast is produced entirely by the StripWell team here at StripWell. Our goal is to help every single restorer and flipper have a more quick, clean and safe way to practice their passion, their work, and their side hustle. Our flagship product is called QCS, which stands for quick, clean, and safe. And it's an entirely eco-friendly, no VOC, non-flammable vintage furniture stripper. You can pick yours up today by heading to stripwell.com. And, friends, the reason that we produce this podcast here at Stripwell is so that you can just have yet another free resource to help your flipping journey become better and better as you continue to flip and restore incredible furniture. If we can do anything to help your flipping journey, please be sure to reach out to us on Instagram. We are at Stripwell, S T R I P W E L L, or you can find that in the podcast description down below. As always, friends, keep on flipping, and we will see you in the next one.